when you first saw Sunny, you were <laughs> head over heels in love. But she was not. I do not take narrations. I have nothing to do with the scripts that she chooses. I don't care if she wants to drive a car into a burning building in a movie and that's nothing to do with me. I find very creative ways to make deals happen. Ask me anything with Anirudh Mahale. Emotion, expression, silence, tears, resistance, anger. Ask me anything. Hey guys, welcome to a fresh new episode of Ask Men Anything, a podcast where we well ask men anything. Today's guest is Daniel Weber and he's a man who's donned many many hats. Daniel is a producer, uh the owner of his own company, a musician and he's also the husband of Sunny Leone. Daniel moved to India 9 years ago and has been living in the city and has made Bombay his second home. Today we're going to talk to him about what it means to run your life like a boss. Hey Daniel, welcome to Ask Me Anything. Thank you. Thank How's you it going? Me. It's going great. Thank you for having me. So the first question, 9 years in Bombay is a really long time. Mm. What's setting up a life in Bombay been like? <laughs> Should we start from day 1? We can start wow. from any day you want. I would tell anybody that is coming here for the first time I didn't have plans obviously live here long term. I was coming here for one day. That was it. That was my plan. One day I will drop off Sunny at the Big Boss house and I will leave the next day. They will call me back when she's out of the house, which I assumed would be in about 7 days. So I thought that the country would totally fucking freak out having her in the house and political parties were already freaking out that I was like probably 7 days next vote I'll be back, I'll come on a plane and I'll never be in India again. It was never on my desire list, never on my business list, never on anything. It was just when uh Viacom and Colors and Endemolk we all kind of struck the deal and whatever. So then uh so I don't think that I came here because I didn't come with the mentality to actually find a place to live. I kept saying, "No, no, no, I'm going to be in India once, twice, three times, five times. I'm not there's no way I'm not getting a place to live, I'm not getting a car, I'm not getting I won't have staff here, office, there's no way. Every single thing that I've said no to, I have today. You we are sitting in your office yeah. right now as we speak. I have offices, I own yeah. property. No, but like setting up a home is different and setting hmm. up work is very different, especially when you're used to like a certain work ethic in a country like the United States. Yeah. But when you come to India like everything is fresh, right? You have to start over like a clean and slate. And everyone tells and me the same thing. It has been cleaned over so many times nobody knows what's happening. What is that been like? Everyone tells me the same thing. You come here with the mentality of a New Yorker or from US and you come here with this mentality and you know this is not how things are done here and i said look it's very simple so you know i mean like you also said that like you and sunny work together as a as a unit yeah. so how is that like you know a lot of a lot of a lot of media will always tell you not to work yes. with your with yeah, your life i've heard partner, that a lot right? before how is that like you know working and living with with the same person we have totally different yeah, roles right totally different roles i deal with contracts i'm sort of like the um the weed out person like people approach me I'm very approachable and anyone can contact me and I kind of like it that way right. it's my number and my email that's out there so all day long I'm either meeting with people they're presenting ideas stuff they want to work she doesn't meet someone usually till about the third round I meet a producer I do not take narrations I have nothing to do with the scripts that she chooses which is totally like against what everybody seems to believe I don't care if she wants to drive a car into a burning building in a movie and that's nothing to do with me. Her creative, she's the one in front of the camera. 
she deals with the directors, the writers, I have nothing to do with it. I deal with producers, financing, contracts, making sure everything is in place by the time they meet her, they are ready, either they're gonna sign her or not sign her based on if she likes the movie, and then proceed with production. I don't care, like I said, about, people always think that like I review scripts and I decide, oh, she should do this. I have nothing to do with that. I don't even give a shit about that. That's not my, it's, why should I be the one if I'm not the one in front of the camera? What I do turn down is things that I feel will harm her brand where I then have to deal with the fallout in the media and our publicist and our team then has to deal with the fallout. So coming back to your question, we have very different roles. If I am the business side of things and she's the creative side of things, we almost never cross until there is some really big fuck up somewhere on set and you know she'll be like, did you approve this or something, do you know? And sort of that's when we get into this weird thing where we're like, okay, this is a husband and wife conversation right now and not like a business partner yeah correct and i'm like how come you didn't ask you know let's say sunny rajani who's the manager why don't you ask him that she's like because i'm fucking calling you and i'm asking you and i'm like uh it's now i'm in husband zone an hour ago i was in manager zone so i mean when you come with like such distinct roles in your work life it's also a very very different domain when it comes to children right yes like you've adopted a child yeah. and you've also had a child two years ago. Yeah, yeah, three children. Um, how are these roles defined when it comes to your own children? Well, right. anyone who tells you that they know anything about parenting is a fucking liar. Right. Nobody knows anything in life. Everyone gives advice like they're fucking, you know, I don't even know, like they've done it 5,000 times. No I'm one actually knows it. To my mother. Yeah, you should, because it's all a lie. Everyone is just stumbling and figuring it out as they go along, but everybody always advises on what the last thing worked for them. So, I don't know, let's just say your child, you know, cries when they go to sleep every night and, oh, how do I do that? How do I fix it? So, you'll ask 20 people and some, everyone has a different piece of advice. Oh, I did this, I did this. Speaking of one life to live, we are going to talk about your musical career now and uh, the Disparos has, the band, is a completely new site to you. Hmm. Which is... It's a completely old site. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, when you look at, like, yeah. a man with, like, with, like two identities. Oh. A musician and a business. Oh, okay. These are not two things. Yeah, it was always kind of like, well it was always like, like this, though. I was what always touring in bands and I had owned businesses. So my life was always like that. But, uh, like, how does, how has music kind of shaped the kind of person that you are today? It so is I mean, like this, everything. The state of Zen kind of comes from yeah. somewhere, doesn't it? Everything is, for me, is music first. I started playing music when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I have non-stop played. I play every single day still. I have a band in the US, I have a band here. I must be creating music all the time. When there was like a two or three month period, there was a reason I couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And it like starts to affect everything around me. Mm-hmm. My mood, my whole Zen, everything gets fucked up. It's very therapeutic. Yeah. It's an outlet that I must have. And performing live is part of that whole therapy. For me, uh, what I've realized is that dedicating 60 to 90 minutes every single morning, six days a week I do it, uh, I before I start work, I go to the gym and it's my place. I feel great afterwards. Like I was exhausted this morning from holy yesterday and I forced myself, didn't want to go, had a great day in the gym and now I feel great. I think it's a mantra and it's a, as you get to a certain age, you sort of, I, most people start doing the reverse, especially around my age. I see people around me and I work with a lot of people around me or musicians, they're all out of shape. Everyone, you sort of start to go, okay, you know, I'm 40 something, I'll slow down. I push myself every day. I do different things, you know, whether it's just extreme heavyweights or 
um, functional training. Now I'm into EMS. I do it two, three times a week. I try new things all the time that completely push me. Because I did, I, did I, I hit the snooze button 18 times today. I've wanted to do I would have 18 times. That was all the cardio that I got for the day. <laughs> exactly. 18 times. And then it, when it reached one hour of snoozing, like, you were like, cardio's done. It's too late to go to the gym now. Exactly. Let's just get ready for work. My youngest boy, Noah, he wakes up at 6.45 every day. And he's like my best alarm. Because there's no going back to bed when he's up. So then I'm with him for like an hour and a half, two hours, and then I'm off to the gym. There's no snoozing through him. Have a yeah, yeah, that'll I totally change your whole habit. Yeah, even if there's no school or work and it's like, a, let's say it's a Sunday, it doesn't matter. He's still getting up at the same time. He don't care. He goes to bed at 8 p.m. He's fucking ready to go at 6.45. For me, it doesn't matter. So if he's up, I'm up. Okay, so we're going to end with something really cool. Mm -hmm. We're going to throw a question at you to answer in a word or a phrase. Okay. If you can't come with like a one word answer. Yeah. This has to be really, 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 really fast, okay. right? Okay, one word for Bollywood. Interesting. The Disparos. Creatively special. What do you do when you travel? Sightsee. The adult film industry. An amazing chapter of life. Business in India is? Uh, beyond interesting. Being Sunny's husband is? Uh, super special, but hold on. Very, very humorous. And I'm going to add to it because it's just so appropriate. Because everybody, who, I'm very accessible and everybody's always like this. They look for her, they don't see her, but they see me a lot of times. I walk all over there, sir, can I get a photo? And I go, well, it's because, you know, you just can't get a photo with her. So then you feel, because a lot of times it'll be like, after I take the photo, what was your name? Oh. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> so I love, very humorous. One word of advice that you would give to your 18-year-old self? Do whatever you want to do because you know what? Fuck anyone who judges you. Word. And the last question, when you first saw Sunny, mm. you were? <laughs> Head over heels in love, but she was not. Okay, this was a great, great episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you, you for being so much for being a part of this. Anytime. Guys, if in case you really liked today's episode, stay tuned because we'll have a fresh one dropping next week. Until then, Go live your lives because you only have one life to live. Yeah, and fuck whoever judges you. To catch more episodes of Ask Me Anything with Anirudh Mahale, log on to the Ask Me India website or tune in to any of your favorite podcasting apps.